Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 518 of the JV Club with my guest, Melissa Capriglione. She is a marvelous illustrator, graphic novelist, and all-around awesome person. I do have uh, some gents uh, rolling in for summer, but I just have a couple of last uh, women guests that I'm excited to get out to you before the summer Uh, before my version of the summer technically begins. So please enjoy this episode. If you're listening to this on Thursday and you are anywhere in in the Pennsylvania area, I will be at the Altoona Sci-Fi Con with a bunch of Avatar buddies, tons of the cast from Avatar The Last Airbender will be there. Cannot wait and hope to see some of you there as well. So that's that. And without further ado, please enjoy this interview with Melissa. Deep breath, nice exhale. <laughs> How are you, Melissa? It's great to see you. I'm good. It's great to see you too. Huh? Where are you? I'm in Northeast Indiana, Fort okay. Wayne. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. What's happening in in Fort Wayne? How's the weather been? Are you experiencing what I like to call climate change? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we'll get like freezing cold one day and then really hot the other day. So it's it's Midwest weather. It's but it's been worse a lot lately. Yeah, it's uh, it, that's crazy. Fort Wayne is Fort Wayne one of those places that, and I super apologize for saying this, <laughs> but because I don't, I've been to Indianapolis, but mm. I, I I bring this up because I have friends from Michigan who were like, well, the closest place to me is Chicago. You know what I mean? Like, and then friends mm-hmm. in Indiana who are like, well, I actually should head to Cleveland if you want to da, da, da. So I'm wondering <laughs> if like you're one of if Fort Wayne is one of those places where you you're close enough to another state's city that you're like. And I'm mm-hmm. also frequently in this other state that isn't Indiana. Yeah, I often do like um, I do a lot of shows in like Ohio, Dayton, Cincinnati, that kind of stuff. I'm also pretty close to Indianapolis and Chicago. So they're usually about like a two, three hour drive each. Which isn't gotcha. bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's like not it's definitely the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, it is and it isn't because you know I'm from mm-hmm. a I'm from a city in Arizona that like there's only one other city that's you can get to in two hours and it's mm-hmm. Phoenix. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like you know. Whereas if you're in a place where you can get to all these different places within two or three hours, that feels actually mm-hmm. much more metropolitan to me, even though <laughs> I come from a big you know a city. Um, is were you are you from Fort Wayne originally? No, I'm from uh, Northwest Indiana, which is only about a half hour from Chicago. But I moved oh. out to Fort Wayne with my girlfriend after I graduated college. Gotcha. What brought you out there? Something specific? Her sister went to school here, so we moved in with her after she got into an accident so we could help take care of her. Oh, that's a very yeah. specific reason. How's she doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's good. She's, like, bounced back completely, which is really amazing. That's so good. Like, my girlfriend and all her siblings are, like, super close, and a couple of the other siblings were out here, so how they have their little sibling parties all the time, and... They're really adorable when they all get together. So Aww. it's nice. Do to you see have that. siblings? I do. I have three, but we're kind of all <laughs> so like. I'm, I already just the way you said I do. I was like, OK, all right. That does. That sounds like it's going to come with a qualifier of like we live too far apart or we're not. close. Yeah, <laughs> we're not super close. Like we'll meet up at my parents every once in a while and we'll chit chat. But like we're all super far and. We don't really get to talk that much. Like my brother's in Canada, my sister's on the other side of Indiana, and my parents are back in Chicago. So 
it's a little difficult to get everybody together. But your parents are still together? Mm-hmm. They've been married uh, 40 years, I think. Nice. 30, 40 years. I mean, nice if it works. Yeah. And also <laughs> yeah. nice if it doesn't work and people leave each other, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you and I, the most recent contact that we had when we started to want to schedule this together was you sent me a copy of Basil mm. and Oregano, which yeah, is a graphic yeah. novel and is utterly charming. Oh, thank you. And I just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to, like, maybe tell tell us more about that and kind of okay. how, what the inception of that was and stuff. I've been working in this industry for just about, like, seven years now. But my for my debut graphic novel is currently in comic book stores, but it'll be out in bookstores June 6th. It's called Basil and Oregano, and it's about two girls who fall in love at a magical cooking school. Amazing. <laughs> I, I definitely know very little. I mean, I certainly have, like, a wonderful relationship with Dark Horse and, mm-hmm. and know those guys, but I don't know. I'm not immersed in the publishing world, mm-hmm. particularly with comics, so much that I would know that you getting that published and that it's getting such wide distribution within the first few years of really kind of entering into the community. And mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like pretty successful. No, I mean, yeah. that seems like kind of a big deal. Yeah, I've up until now, I've done a lot of self-publishing. Um, I've worked like with my own printers. I've worked with my own distribution. And I think it's really fun. Like I love packing orders and sending stuff out, but also it takes a lot of time to do all that. And I would rather be spending that time making comics instead of answering emails and ordering stuff and shipping them out. it, It is kind of a headache. So I felt that the next best option for me would probably to go into traditional publishing which now that social media is kind of like imploding, <laughs> this is a lot better of a, an option for an yeah. artist because, I mean, I get all of my interactions through social media. So working with traditional publishing has been a lot better because I have those traditional avenues now. I can work yeah. directly with editors who can get my stuff into bookstores. I don't have to market anything myself as much anymore. So yeah, that's a lot better. But also maybe good for you to have had that experience because you know, yeah. how, you know, protect yourself or, you know, you sort of have mm-hmm. a more inside view of like what it actually takes to get it done. Whereas mm-hmm. if you, you know, came out and just immediately were swept up by somebody, there yeah. might be stuff that you missed, like understanding on a, in a kind of a critical way. Mm-hmm. Also, it takes a long time to illustrate stuff. And yes. so the idea of you, you know, it would be one, it's one thing to be like, you know, <laughs> if I had to, this is a very bad example, <laughs> but if I somehow, because I do improv, like if I did improv and then I needed to distribute that improv out to people and that's where the time suck was, at mm. least the improv took 40 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> whereas, exactly, whereas people, yeah. artists who are doing graphic novels and comics I mean, that that in and of itself takes so long that years. Av- it takes then, years. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. adding on to that, the time it takes to self-publish mm-hmm. and, and be responsible for all of that. Um, does it feel like, OK, I have all of this time now that, you know, everything got sort of reappropriated mm-hmm. so that you get to, to spend so much more time doing a thing that also yeah. takes a long time, which is illustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I get to work on a lot more projects now, which is a lot better. I've always wanted to do like actual like graphic novels, like serialized works. So it it is a lot better. So I can start working on a lot of the projects that I've been brainstorming since like college. And when you say you do shows, is it fair to say that's like doing cons and stuff? Yeah, conventions. Yeah, just making sure (laughs) everyone knew what that meant. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely did. Speaking of like how to get your stuff out there, where does that fit into 
kind of the marketing of, you know, you said you, you the bulk of your interactions were social media, but does it also help? And is it like fulfilling the sort of in between to do a show where you're there in person with things that people can hold and touch and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff? It's definitely become a lot more important in the last couple of years. During the pandemic, I know a lot of other artists like really suffered because that's where a lot of their sales came from. Yeah. And then a lot of conventions tried like virtual conventions and those were never as much as you know what it used to be. Nowadays, it's a lot more important to have the conventions because we can have these personal interactions that we can then reflect on social media instead of, you know, having to rely on social media solely for, you know, meeting fellow artists and like talking to people and meeting new customers. So having a convention schedule is definitely very beneficial to getting especially my book out there. I've had copies of my books actually for like the last two or three months and I've had them at like a couple shows and they've been like my best-selling thing so it's really nice to like finally get that out there because usually I just have like art prints and stickers and stuff but like now I'm like I have my book yes absolutely (laughs) were you familiar with cons and were you someone who would go to cons as a fan and not a Mm -hmm. purveyor so that was a world that you kind of already knew kind of I did attend a couple of anime conventions in high school and I remember just being like so enamored by like the artist alley I was like Oh my god, how do you even make stickers? This is amazing. Yeah, I know. I still feel that way. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I would go to these uh, anime conventions with my other high school friends and we were all, you know, like poor and we were just a bunch of dorks and I was like, Mom, can I have $15 for the anime convention? I'd go and buy like three stickers and I'd be like, this is the greatest day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) My stickers! (laughs) I graduated college and I thought like I need to seriously start putting myself like into the comic industry so one of the first things that I did was I went to C2E2 which luckily I was able to attend for one day um, I think like 2019 Mm -hmm. or 2018 and then I went and I just had like a couple of my business cards and I was like I really like your art here's my art and then be like oh my god your art's amazing let's follow each other so that's kind of like the beginning of like starting to exchange this information and then I was like huh maybe I should try and show at C2E2 so I got rejected a couple times in a row but I'm now pretty much a regular at C2E2 so it's really nice to have like that kind of glow up since college which has been like six years now I think so yeah it's been nice (laughs) that's fantastic that's yeah. fantastic. And and when you're talking about just imagining you asking your mom for $15 to go to an <laughs> anime con, how do you compare to your siblings in terms of like what your interests are and what your parents were seeing you get excited about and dorking mm-hmm. out on when you were in high school? I think me and all my siblings were kind of dorks in certain levels. My oldest brother was like, not necessarily like a metalhead, but kind of like punk when he was a teenager in the 90s. My sister was like the typical girly girl. And then my other brother, he's a metalhead. So we would always get in trouble for wearing certain t-shirts at school. My parents would be like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> okay, so you, yeah. Yeah, my parents, so they're cool. So they don't understand the anime, but like every time they come over to my house and see all my anime figures, they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't care about metal stuff, like, Like, to them, anime must seem, like, so delightful and charming in terms of, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, adults, adults, adults who don't, who aren't interested in are like, oh, cartoons. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Like, it's a colorful cartoon. Like, yeah, Uh 
Yeah. That's pretty like, innocent. And there's no version of anime that is not innocent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, Mom and yeah. Dad? <laughs> Just take my word for it. Take Just don't pick up the figures it. and, like, turn them upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. How did you discover anime? It was in high school. The first thing that I got into was Death Note, which was when it was starting to be published. I didn't... I was um I was a little emo kid in middle school, so I was like, mm, anime, it's too colorful and sparkly. I don't like it. And then Death Note came out and I was like, oh my god, you guys. <laughs> this is the greatest thing. <laughs> this, I see they see me. They see me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and as I grew up, I realized that, you know, there was a lot of other, you know, different kind of genres of anime and I started getting it more into the sparkly colorful stuff. So but I, I do like just like to kind of dabble into it and like I'll watch like the biggest anime that's just out and I'll just enjoy it and it's fun and I, I love to collect manga too because I'm a comic artist so like I love collecting manga and like just like looking at the art and studying it sure absolutely what was your high school like was it a public school or was yeah. it private what it was public it was okay in terms of school <laughs> actually one of my favorite things to wear in high school was my fire ferrets t-shirt I ordered one off of like Redbubble or something and it had like a picture of Pabu and like it said uh, fire ferrets on it and everybody was like, what is that? And I'm just like, <laughs> it's the greatest show ever. I think that was only when, like, book one was out, too. So everyone was like, you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there since the beginning. So <laughs> I remember yeah, the long so wait for book two. Oh, yeah. I know. What a... Boy, yeah, that's a weird, mm -hmm. messy history that at the time mm -hmm. I... It's so funny. I mean, Dante and I talk about this all the time, but just the, the difference between going just in and talk recording to Dante something... All the time. Uh, I do talk to Dante That's all the so time. Cool. And I feel like it comes up on Braving the Elements a lot, too. But just the idea of, like, the difference between the experience of, of being a voice on a show and the experience of being a person waiting for that show to come out and, like, mm -hmm. what their expectations are are so different because we have so little to do with the front-facing side and mm -hmm. we have so little information always about like when something's coming out especially if it's mm -hmm. something that does have you know a really um exact and special and particular production timeline mm -hmm. where you know mike and brian are just they they want it how they want it and how they want mm -hmm. it is what makes it so special yeah. um and then not understanding anything about kind of the way stuff rolls out into the world um mm -hmm. a lot of information would just like come right right before anyone would know in the public or sometimes like after the public already knew and mm -hmm. i would find out about like a delay <laughs> from someone being like why isn't book two out and i was like oh should it have been so unhelpful when people would ask <laughs> questions about that you know which is kind of still true but okay so you went to a public school it was okay what was your social group like did you continue to be emo post middle school kind of um and was it middle school seven six seven eight for you or was it seven eight or yeah six seven, seven eight. eight nine okay in high school i kind of went more goth and then i kind of just went more hipster and then maybe more just like nerd wear whatever i want by like senior year i was like i don't, I don't care I had the big platform boots and like I had the big trip pants and all that stuff. And, you know, okay, honestly, I still yeah, wear that okay. stuff. I still wear it. Yeah. I was going to ask you, well, just because in talking about being emo and then talking about things being too bright and sparkly, but then talking about being goth, I was going mm. to draw a finer line around <laughs> emo into goth, like where the commonalities exist mm -hmm. and where the differences are. Could you break that down for me? Yeah. 
Because sometimes when I talk about how I dress in high school, people are like, that sounds more emo. And I'm like, but yeah. black lipstick. And they're like, well, that can mm-hmm. also be emo. So, Well, I think emo had its peak like 2007 to 2008. And then it had like the, it, it was like, it's hard to explain because like emo is like the cut hair, like where it's like fluffy. You know, you know what I mean? Like how they like, like use the razor to like make it all fluffy. And they yeah. had like the raccoon tails and all that stuff. Uh-huh. It's definitely more like music based as well. Like the, the yeah. screamo, all that cringy stuff that I still kind of listen to when I be like, oh, I remember the good old days. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think goth is more like more subdued. It also has a lot to do with like music as well. But I went from listening to like Panic at the Disco and like Atreyu and Avenged Sevenfold to like Bauhaus and The Cure. So Okay. You went vintage. Yeah, vintage, basically. Which was, that was vintage for me. For Some of that was vintage for me, too. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I love that that still continues. I mean, that that's one of the mm-hmm. things in talking about goth. Like, I meet 15-year-olds now that literally look exactly like I did when I was 15. Yeah, and, right? And, they're, and it's not back. It would never mm-hmm. went anywhere. It's not <laughs> like I, have, I could meet a 15-year-old at 20, 30. Like, mm-hmm. I could still meet that same 15-year-old <laughs> at any point point in time between Mm -hmm. me now and me then it would just be very consistent like it is a look that has stood the test of time yeah really it really has and it's really interesting because like we live near a high school so like when we go out to like go grocery shopping or whatever around the time that the kids get out we'll see all these kids walking down the street and I'm like I literally looked exactly like that in middle school I'm like that's awesome like that kid is really cool (laughs) it's 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 timeless style it's evergreen Mm -hmm. ever black it's ever black Mm Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. And so what were your friend groups like? Like, were you a person who was finding community online more than in person? Or um, I I ask that because a lot of creative Mm -hmm. folks that I talk to, once, like, the internet was a thing, there was a lot of, like, or at least sort of, you know, while I didn't necessarily feel understood at school, I had, like, a couple of friends, and then I would go home and, like, immediately get into, like, you know, chat rooms or, you know, fanfic stuff or whatever. What was your experience like? I did have, like, my little group of, like, nerdy friends, and that was, like, the group that I went to, like, anime conventions with. Like, we were all kind of just nerds in our own way, but, like, I remember we did, we went to our senior banquet, which was, like, the only high school dance that we ever went to because it was a costume, it was a costume show, and we all dressed up as Doctor Who characters, Nice. Like I had a friend, I had a friend who went as the one of the Weeping Angels. I went as the eleventh Doctor. My friend went as the tenth Doctor. I brought my dad's a, a screwdriver, sonic screwdriver. So that that was pretty cool. 
<laughs> I almost Wait. opened up my drawer because I was like, I think I have a sonic <gasps> screwdriver pen oh my gosh. in here, but I think it's in my other desk. Um, that makes me sound like I'm a rich person <laughs> with a lot of desks. <laughs> so yeah, you just described cosplay uh, mm-hmm. that you would see at a con. So it totally makes sense. Yeah. That you'd yeah. be like, oh, look, finally... Uh, an in-person school event that mirrors yeah. <laughs> a little bit more what we actually would want to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like the popular girls went as like the M&Ms. So they just wore like the same color with like an M and everybody was like dressed cute. And we were just like, here's our Dr. Who cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going the opposite direction, which was I thought this would be a story where you're like, but shockingly, the popular girls were all wearing big circles of fabric. So you couldn't even no. see their figures. <laughs> That would have that would have probably yeah. I was like I I thought you would say they were a sexy cat or a sexy nurse, but I guess I was totally wrong. But it sounds like they were not wearing giant candy costumes. No, no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They they went to school as school appropriate as they could, but you know. Understood. (laughs) Was it an accepting environment? Like you going as Doctor Who characters was you were you looked at like you were weird, or was it kind of like all right, teach their own, cool, cool, cool. It was kind of like to each their own, but like you know, it's. It's a high school in Indiana, so it was like, what are these nerds doing? So mm-hmm. we definitely got made fun of a lot, but like for the most part, people were just like, okay, weirdos. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was your dating life like in high school? If you don't mind non-existent, I was out as a lesbian mm-hmm. my senior year. Um, before okay. then, I kind of, kind of dated boys, but high school boys are kind of gross. Um, <laughs> Even straight as an arrow, straighties <laughs> would probably agree that that's true, mm-hmm. <laughs> including the boys, yeah. including yeah. the boys who were those high school boys. Okay, so if you were doing that until senior year, what prompted you to come out? And was that easy, hard? What was that like? I think it was just like dating boys. I was like, I, I was like, I, I identified as bisexual for a couple years before. Just because I was like, wow, girls are kind of pretty. And I think sometimes they kiss each other, which is pretty cool. But I I think it's more socially acceptable for me to date boys right now. Mm. And then it took a couple of boys dating around for me to realize this isn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) And being being in a high school in Indiana, there either weren't a lot of, you know, other gay girls or they were very closeted because it's Indiana. We, We had our own LGBT club in high school which was really nice we actually had quite a few people i was the president for like a year or something but um we weren't recognized as a real club by the school board i Um, see yeah was that something you guys tried to do or was it like you for okay so they act that they actually said like good for you but no Mm -hmm. they said it was an interest club it wasn't like i I remember and and i i know this Uh... is like gonna sound like a little harsh but like he's he said that um if i allow the the lgbts to have their own club i would also have to allow nazis to have their own club and i was like how do you make that connection how did wait did he say i know this is gonna sound a bit harsh no 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 or did you say that well yeah because you know just be like because it does sound very harsh yeah it does it does (laughs) i'm like I, I don't know why he would wow. have said something like I mean it's Indiana. Well, so. it, it's be I mean it's I'm pleased that there that that you guys had had one at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had really supportive teachers. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, that's I mean that just speaks to the idea that you know 
yeah, that, that it's like a phase or that mm-hmm. it's just a point of view yeah. rather than like this is who I am. I mean, mm-hmm. arguably, one could make the argument that you had more of a right to a club than like the chess club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love much. chess and I love chess clubs, <laughs> but... If it's not just like, and I decided to learn how to be a lesbian for a year. It was fun. I competed in some lesbian competitions. And then when I graduate, I'll probably let that go. I probably won't do Mm -hmm. it as much because it's very time consuming. You know what I mean? It is. It's like identity stuff. Yeah, that's that's not great. Mm-hmm. God, I wish you would have used a different example of what else you would be Yeah, well. I mean... As long an... as he was going to crush your dreams, I guess he might as well be uh, super yeah. offensive. You know, I literally was just yeah. at um, Indiana Comic Con for a show, and, like, my art is very, like, outwardly gay. You know, I have prints of girls kissing. Um, I have yeah. my big Korosami print. I have a Kachidora print. I, I had so many people this last weekend walk by and go, ew. And like so many people will be like, what is that? And I'm like, you are at a Comic-Con in the year of 2023. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. It's important to hear those stories, though. It's important to see that mm-hmm. stuff and hear that. Stuff. I mean, I'm not saying I want you to be subjected to that. But for someone like me who, you know, you does go to cons and occasionally has those experiences, um, it's just a good reminder that, you know, there's still yeah. plenty of folks who are not even older, who are younger, who yeah haven't really let that into their mm-hmm. acceptance and lives and just like it's an everyday thing kind of thing, which is mm-hmm. <sighs> worthy Exhausting. of uh, some tie. Yeah, some serious sighing. Did you have crushes on... I guess a couple things. One, did you have crushes on people that you felt like you couldn't tell you were interested in because of the climate there and because, you know, you were not fully out? And did any of that, did that kind of thing change for you at all when you did come out senior year? It wasn't too bad. There were a couple that I told that I had crushes on, but they never really panned out. But it it was mostly amongst like either my friend group or my extended friend group, which was all you know, decent-minded people. So it wasn't too bad. It, it wasn't until, like, college that I actually started, like, actively, like, trying to date. But also, I'm an awkward potato. So it's... I'm a very shy person, like, very introverted. And I'm glad that I met a girl in college that is also the same. So we're kind of just, like, we click very well. <laughs> oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. I, um, <laughs> boy, yeah, you're so adorable. It's like uh, in every way. I love that you described yourself that way because I'm, I'm like, okay, all right. If you say so, I get it. But yeah, I would love to hear too, like what were you a good student? Were you, did it feel like a place marker? Like, okay, this is all fine. I just need to get past this and then I'll, you know, my life will continue and I'll be in college. Or, you know, were you like present to being, I mean, obviously you were the president of the LGBTQ IA plus uh, <laughs> club so you were present in that way but mm-hmm. how did you feel did you have a sense of like yeah it's Indiana do you know what I mean like did you, yeah. did you have that same attitude then like yeah this is probably like I need to be able to shape my own world and community mm-hmm. a little bit better than I do in this high school yeah I mean I was a decent student I mostly A's and B's but if I didn't like a class I failed it because I didn't care <laughs> Um, there was like, uh, I think like physics I, I tried and I, I was like, you know, let me just take the first test and see how it goes. And I got like a 3% and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very it's bad probably... at math. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, I very bad at math. Uh, not. Is, are you bad at it or do you feel like you're just not interested enough to be 
great at it. Do you know what I mean? I try, honestly. And like, I find like the problem solving aspect of it to be really interesting. Yeah. But it's also very frustrating because they will teach me the formulas and they will teach me all the things that I need to know how to execute a problem. But I always get the wrong answer. I don't know why. That's how I feel. It was like before I'll say it (laughs) till the day I die. It should just stop. Exactly. Like if you're doing it wrong, it should just yeah. stop. Like as if you're trying to, you know, uh, make a machine work that mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong. There should just be this sputtering sound. And then you just it stops you and you're like, oh, I'm doing this wrong. Like yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be. I, f- I feel you shouldn't be able to get an answer mm-hmm. unless it's the right answer with numbers. And then, yeah. And then they have you check your answer and then you get something completely different. And you're yeah. like, I don't what, what is like, this? I thought I did the same process. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. When I was in it started when I was in elementary school and we like started moving into like more advanced math instead of like, you know, two plus three or whatever. And I hit like this like math wall where every time we would have math homework we had I think like 25 or 30 questions and if you got more than 15 of them wrong you had to stay inside for recess and for that entire school year I did not go to recess oh and I tried I tried at math I don't know how I punishment based math and recess feels like a really bad combo to put together that (laughs) stinks Okay, yeah. I got some words for those folks. I'm going to have to write mm-hmm. a letter to <laughs> elementary school chastising. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey there, this is Drea Clark. This is Alonzo Durrelli. And this is Sparta! Iffy. Listen, I got 300 on the brain. We just watched the movie 300 in honor of our 300th episode of Maximum Film. That's right. And to celebrate this major milestone, we brought back original co-hosts Ricky Carmona and April Wolf. But just for this one episode, right? Oh, Iffy, you know we could never replace you. Some of the voices have changed over the years. Heck, the name of the show has changed too. But through it all, Maximum Film remains the movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white guys deal with it find this and all 300 episodes of maximum film anytime on maximumfun.org let's get into this mash game Mm -hmm. the first one I mean, I feel like I gotta ask if there are, like, manga or anime that you would like to jump into and just, you know, be in and hang out with whenever you wanted, not reliving Mm. plots, just, like, getting into that world. So three three anime or manga? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think first off, I would definitely go into Madoka Magica because I love magical girls, and that was, like, a traumatic experience for me to watch. So you want to relive that trauma? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so good. It was so good. But, like, the writing is so good. The characters are so good. And I, it's it's kind of a bad, enjoyable kind of thing. But I Uh I really love it. (laughs) Perfect. And I guess for uh, two, I would say Love Live, like, the whole franchise, which is, it's like a school idol kind of thing, and they have, like, different groups of girls that, like, sing all these songs. Great. (laughs) It's like, it's... It's all the super cute and sparkly stuff that I get into. Mm-hmm. Came around <laughs> to it after all. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. What's number three? That's a tough one. Trying to remember. I think I, I think I'll have to say 
Uzumaki by Junji Ito. We'll, we'll go something dark. All right, perfect. Next category, let's do three places in the world that you would love to have a, a, a second home if we could sort of teleport mm, you there. Teleport. First of all, Germany. I've been there twice before, and it's definitely somewhere that I can see myself living just because I love the whole, like, close-knit, like, cities that they have. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to drive 15 miles to go to the nearest grocery store. If you want something, you go, like, down the street, and it's right yeah. there. And the cost of living there is pretty, pretty low from what I've heard. Okay. Um, and I speak German, so. That helps. That helps. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm hoping to, God, I really hope I get over to Europe sometime that isn't in the Mm -hmm. next like like the four years from now okay great (laughs) Germany. okay any specific place in germany or just Um, like you know you'd be pretty good to go in just about any place i think more specifically berlin i really like being in berlin great okay what's number two number two probably switzerland i like mountains me too switzerland is beautiful Mm, i like the particular not really but i just like big open spaces so like anywhere near like the mountains something like nice and clean Great. Nice. Great. And number three? Um, it's hard to think. I, I think maybe London. Mm-hmm. I like the the dreariness. I do too. I don't like the sun. <laughs> I don't like the sun. I don't like heat. <laughs> I don't either. My my sister, I do not either. Yeah, that's great. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Even though they've been experiencing record heat. <gasps> um, okay. Mm, yeah. Uh, next category. Let's do three foods that in this alternate reality, um, there's no... No one's getting hurt. The earth isn't getting hurt. You are not, you're not getting sick because you're eating too much sugar. Like everything mm-hmm. is just sort of, we pull all of that aside and it's three things. And it could be something you had a lo- you know, long time ago that you've never been mm. able to find again. Three things that you can have at the snap of your fingers whenever you feel like it. Ooh, I think first off, we're going back to Germany. It's going to be Cory Burst. Okay, great. <laughs> what is that? What kind of Burst is that? It's kind of, I don't know exactly what kind of sausage it is. It's kind of similar to like a hot dog and then they okay. put like this like ketchup mixed with like curry powder on it and then you Ooh. get like this it's like a street food it's like a street food yeah and you get, i was like, gonna say little... it sounds like uh yeah mm-hmm. great it's delicious okay. and it comes with uh pommes frites or french fries um and then you get like this little wooden fork spoon thing it just it's delicious yeah. yeah i'm in okay great what's the next one <sighs> ramen it's gonna have to be ramen yes indeed okay it was over three uh dango great okay next category let's do three movies that you can jump into and just be in that oh boy. whenever you want i'm trying to think of any movies that i've seen i recently i think <laughs> i'm trying because like the have thing I that i've seen been, a movie every time somebody asks you like what's your favorite movie i'm like I have i watched a movie before <laughs> i'm the same way I, I don't know it's so ironic that i would be a person who does mash every every mm-hmm. week because i'm terrible <laughs> at that stuff i'm so terrible on the spot first mm-hmm. i buy myself time by saying i don't have just one favorite and then i'm frantically trying mm-hmm. to think of the name of any movie while i know <laughs> <laughs> i'll take anything <laughs> i think first everything everywhere all at once oh great yeah absolutely yeah. Because it was just such an immersive movie, and I yes. I loved like the uniqueness and complexity of it, and it was just a lot of fun. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, going back to anime, I would say Suzume, which is the recent movie that I have seen. Great. <laughs> As it was actually the first time that I've been in theaters since before the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have not I have not seen a ton. I saw a couple like last year and then I just saw mm-hmm. either God, it's me, Margaret. And that was the first time mm-hmm. I've been in a movie theater in what felt like at least six months mm-hmm. or longer. 
And then what's number three? Nope. Great, 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 great. Okay. Um, oh, listen, it's Mash. All <laughs> due respect to your wonderful girlfriend. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you for three people. Fictional, anime, whatever you want. <laughs> books, don't care. Any age, any era. Uh. Three romantic relationships. As I like to say, romance are sexy times. I'm not committing you to this person for mm. Don't worry. Like for me to be in a relationship with or shits mm-hmm. that I like? Okay. So... No, this is you. You're shipping yourself, baby. Okay, I'm shipping myself. All right. Ripley from Alien. Oh, my God. Childhood yes. crush. My Childhood heavens, crush. yes. I just went through and rewatched all of the aliens. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But also, Winona Ryder in the fourth alien is that mm. she was just like, I mean, she is stunning now, but um, mm-hmm. that's like peak. That era of Winona is like peak crush Winona for me. Mm hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. Ripley, love it. Would still pick Ripley over Winona. No offense to Winona. <laughs> okay, next one. Dana Scully. Great. Love it. Okay. It was number three. Can I pick my girlfriend? <laughs> Here's what I'll say about that. What if you don't get her? Then it's like extra sad uh, because she was in the mix and then she didn't uh, get picked. What if the, in the alternate universe? That's true. That's she's true. Not, this is alternate universe. Like she, maybe you've never meet her, which is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But like, the, or, or she doesn't exist. Like somehow in this alternate universe, <laughs> or I can put her. I'm just telling. I'm saying, like, mm. you know, you, let's put her in there. You you want the chance to get her? Why am I going to? Sure, yeah, yeah. I'll match. take that chance. I'll What's your girlfriend's name? Sarah, without an Sarah, H. Great. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Next category, let's do three. Well, now I want to know three ships that you feel uh, that weren't fully shipped that you would like to have seen or would like to still see represented mm. in any form of media at all. Mm, that's a tough one because I, I do feel like I, I want to see more Korosami, like in the TV show. Yeah, like, especially I'll that. Okay, yeah, I'll sure. include feeling like you didn't get to see enough of it. Sure. Okay. Like, I, I like to have it. I, I like the comics. I like how they included a lot of that. But, like, I really, yeah. really wanted more of that in the show. Like, Yeah, it's a different experience. It's, yeah. it's a different experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. What's number two? <sighs> Catradora. Great. Because, again, it was at the very end. It was at the very end, and I was like, just give me some nice date nights. That's all I want. That's all I want to see. Yeah. Um, Did you – have you – are you familiar with, like, the Gideon – and and the, like the ninth series familiar my girlfriend okay. read it and then she like describes it to me very badly uh-huh. <laughs> i just like, yeah okay. i just okay. i just finished the first book and um mm. and i'm about to start the second book and i was like god this is so familiar this is so like the will they or won't they that extends through an entire <laughs> book and you're and then it in that this case it did not resolve so i don't know what's going to happen but okay great Catradora and what's number three um i think bubbling I want to see more bubbling. Okay, great. Uh, all right, <laughs> next category. Let's do three alternate universe careers. Mm. I always wanted to be like a paleontologist because I think dinosaurs are like really cool. And also, yes. I just I love digging. Great. It's like, <laughs> not what my... I expected you to say, and it makes me very happy. My girlfriend, she has like this cute little garden in the back, and I'm one of those like I'll, I'll sit and like watch her, but like I'm like a uh, what are they called? The Lassie dogs. Oh, uh, Collie? Yeah, the Border Collies. They're yeah. like really intelligent dogs, but when yeah. they get bored, they destroy things. Yeah. So I'm kind of like that. Um, <laughs> so when I get bored, I'll start like, I'll just take like kitchen shears and just start snipping up like random garbage. And so like, if she gives me like a trowel, I'll just dig a hole. I'm just, I, I just, I love digging. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Okay, great. Paleontologist, what's your next one? Astronaut. Space great. is also cool. Great, great, great. Okay, number three. I've been playing a lot of truck simulator games lately, so I think being a trucker would be pretty cool. Amazing. <laughs> Not what I expected. Again, pleasant yeah. and delightful surprise. Well, okay. like, I also really love listening to podcasts. So, like, I like the idea. Because, like, I, I go on road oh, yeah. trips a lot, too. So, like, I'll just pop on, you know, true crime podcast. And I just I just go, you know. Yeah. Same. I, I, I really like the idea of just, like, sitting on the road all day just listening like to Like, you're podcasts. doing your job and it yeah. includes unlimited podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> okay. And then last category. I have a few different things floating in my head that I'm thinking about. Mm. You know what? I'm going to do, uh, last category, three things that you would do a podcast about if you were, mm. if you had all the time in the world and felt like doing a podcast. I, number one would be true crime. Is there a particular, like, style or, like, story? Like, is it one long-form story that you'd be trying to, like, unra unravel the mystery? Or would it be, like, a mm. kind of a crime of the week sort of thing? Or I think, like, unraveling a mystery would be really cool because there are a few that I've listened to where, like, as they post the episodes, like, it's, like the case is like revived and like they're starting yes. to like resolve it which is yes. really cool so I, I would love to be able to like solve a big mystery like that great 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 okay all right now I'm charging you with two more and if you want you can make <laughs> both of those a type of true crime podcasting Ooh. as well if you prefer um whatever maybe, you want I think it would be really cool to do like um like a creepypasta horror of the week kind of thing like short stories I have written a couple of like short horror stories and like I love horror so Great. I, I would love to like narrate something like that. It would be really fun. Gorgeous. <laughs> All right. Final one. Maybe something like Night Vale. Like oh, just great. like something like fictional and like weird, but like really interactive. Yeah. I love it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Will you give me a word that you feel helps describe the feeling you had when you woke up this morning? I felt like I was going to come up with something so much more mysterious. And then I said, like, the most bland thing in the world. But I gave it a <laughs> lot of pausing. All I can think of are, like, sayings. What's it? You tell me saying. Oh, boy. Like, that, oh, that's boy. That's totally good. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> a saying. Uh, that still works. Because I was afraid the saying was going to be like, tis better to be loved. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, great. All right, so I am going to use this word. I'm going to get my number. I'm going to give you your 100% guaranteed MASH future. Mm -hmm. This is a wonderful time for you to remind people where they can find you about uh, basil and oregano and anything else of yours they should be checking out. And I will give you my results in mere moments. So you can find me on social media at mcapriglioneart. You can spell my last name as C-A-P-R-I-G-L-I-O-N-E. I know it's a tough one, but... M. Capriglione Art or just Melissa Capriglione. I have my graphic novel, Basil and Oregano. It's going to be out in bookstores June 6th with Dark Horse. It'll also be available on Amazon and it'll be available in comic book stores. Wonderful. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and just tell you this straight off. This is unprecedented. I don't usually do this. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say it's as if you knew you were going to get her because you did end up with Sarah. Nice. <laughs> I'll let her know that. It was always meant to be. <laughs> yeah. When that came to be, I was like, oh, and I was the jerk that said, don't put her down because you might not get her. So you and Sarah have a beautiful shack in Switzerland. 
I can only assume that means you have a sweet, uh, comfy and cozy like little cabin somewhere near the mountains in a wide open, clean, beautiful space. It sounds like the house we have now. We we have Uh? like a very small house, like eight, seven, eight hundred square feet. But it's like it's like it's not a tiny house, but it's like it's very small. And it's just the two of us and the two pets. So. That sounds perfect. We'll live with that. You know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do in your shack uh, yeah. in, in beautiful Switzerland. Okay. And maybe it's because, I, you know what? I mean, I would imagine that, yeah, I really don't know. I honestly have no idea how much a paleontologist makes. Maybe it's not surprising that you don't have a giant mansion because you're doing important mm-hmm. digging work. Um, uh, kind of amazing career. Uh, I love the idea of you uh, digging for some important bones carefully mm-hmm. and then stopping to have your uh, Kroiwurst with your palm frites and your curry powder and all of that. Because you can have that whenever you want, unlimited, and nothing bad's going to happen to you or anyone else. Thank goodness. All yours. What else do I want to tell you? I want to tell you that you can jump into Love Live whenever you want. Oh, that sounds perfect. And this is just like an embarrassment of riches. You can also jump into everything everywhere all at once. So okay. I'll do that. I'll do these that. are some pretty crazy vacation spots in addition mm-hmm. to also having a cabin in Switzerland. And then the other thing that you can do is and then I'm excited to hear because I'm sure there are some really amazing mysteries in Switzerland and <laughs> in Indiana and anywhere else you want to go. Um, I can't wait for you to unravel this mystery mm-hmm. in your podcast. Very excited yeah. for you to do some investigating and uh, get to the bottom of something that um, will help the world to have an answer to. Uh, and as if that weren't enough, uh, there's also some just great uh, Catradora stuff happening in the future mm. that's going to be very satisfying, give you more of those stories, and that makes a lot of people happy as well, as they are a very popular and beloved sh- uh, ship. And uh, and I share I share your sentiment. So <laughs> that, my friend, is your mash future. Again, that's, you did end up with your girlfriend, and that good. does make me an asshole. So <laughs> good work. Well, I have a bright future. <laughs> you have a very bright future either way. Everybody, please check out all of Melissa's amazing stuff. We'll put a link to that page in the show notes. And thank you again for doing the podcast. Thank Hopefully I'll get to see me. you at a con at some point. We'll have to compare yeah. notes to where we're going to be. Um, I applied for New York Comic Con this year. Uh, I know Dark Horse is going to have a booth. We'll eat, we'll go offline about it because I'm doing yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, more than I usually do. Um, oh, okay. I'm doing this year, so maybe there will be more more mm. overlap. And everyone else, I'll see. maybe we'll see you at a con together or separately, or I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, number one, we could save kittens from trees. Or lunch on skyscrapers, bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. Someplace new and build time machines to go and get us back. Maximumfun.org Comedy and Culture Artist Owned. Audience supported.